KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. The workplace today is not the same as it was just a few years ago. Many people want more flexibility. One example of that is the growing trend of the four-day work week. Findings from a pilot program in the United Kingdom published earlier this year showed the program was considered a resounding success. More than 90% of the companies that took part in that trial continued on with the four-day work week. On top of that, legislative efforts to enact four-day work weeks have started here in California and at the federal level. Here to talk about the four-day work week is Kate Lister. She's president of Global Workplace Analytics located right here in Carlsbad. Kate, welcome back to Midday Edition. Oh, it's great to be back. Thank you. Great to have you. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. So we've spoken before about how the workplace has changed since the pandemic started, about remote work, hybrid work. But what about this idea of a four-day work week? What do we know about that right now? Well, let me first clarify that the the difference between a four-day work week and a compressed work week, because there's a lot of confusion about that. A compressed work week uh, is a, a week where you work four days, 10-hour days. The four-day work week that we're ta- talking about here is where you work four days, eight-hour days. So it's actually a shorter week. So there's a, there is a big difference there. <laughs> yeah, yes, there is. You know, one of the findings from the UK study uh, was that moving to a four-day work week had no significant impact on productivity at the halfway point of the study. Um, that seems surprising to me. How can losing 20% of work time result in the same amount of work actually being done? I don't know about you, but if I look at what I do during a day, there's a lot of stuff that I could trim out. <laughs> And that's actually what happened when when a lot of these uh, uh, pilots started, they didn't like it very much because what they tried to do is cram 40 hours into 32 hours. Um, and so with some coaching, they started to make you know what I would call a do not do list. <laughs> so this is what I'm not going to do. This is what I don't have to do this report. Um, I really don't have to email this person every day. I really don't have to surf the web as much as I do. You know, just just find those things that are taking the, the slice out of your day now. And if you do that, you'll free up a lot of time. So it sounds like uh, both the companies and, and employees sort of uh, streamlined and tightened up their, their work process. Which is good regardless of whether they're doing a 40-hour uh, work week or a 32-hour right. work week. I mean, you just think about the number of things that go on in offices, all the interruptions and distractions and 
your, you know, your, your email constantly popping up and your chat constantly popping up. Uh, you know, all that just takes time out of your day. And, you know, the other thing I equate it to, you know, when you're going to go on vacation and right. you get weeks of work done <laughs> in that one week before because you've trimmed all the other stuff out. You know, it's like, okay, triage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So are there certain types of workplaces better suited to implement a four-day work week than others? One of the benefits of the four-day work week is that it is available to a, a wider range of people and jobs uh, as opposed to a um, hybrid or remote workplace. You know, there it's got to be really an office job. But the four-day work week lends itself to hospitality, uh, retail, healthcare. It can really go in a lot of places, especially if even in a customer-facing position, if you stagger those four-day work weeks so that there's no no lapse of a, you know, everybody's gone on Friday. And for a company that may be exploring this idea of a four-day work week, what are some best practices when looking into considering that? Well, the first one I, I mentioned already was the, you know, look at the jobs and make it clear that the people are, they really do want you to work for eight-hour days. Because there's this sort of sense of guilt that, you know, oh gosh, well, I, I really should get on the phone for this or get on the phone for that. I mean, the whole thing is it's supposed to result in a better work-life balance. And so you need to tell your people, you know, this is really what we expect. You also need to be very clear about what your work expectations are, which is true regardless of whether we're talking about remote work or hybrid work or, or a four-day work week, so that you can measure things like, did your productivity increase or did it decrease? Um, in fact, one of the interesting things is that it showed 94% of employees uh, wanted to continue. This is the UK study that you referenced to. And 86% of managers said they had the same or equal service level. Uh, mm. In addition, two-thirds said that it had helped them attract and retain talent. Yeah. And, you know, what about for an hourly employee? How might that uh, four-day work week impact their wallet? Yeah, it gets a little tricky. Um, almost all of the companies that are talking about a four-day work week, unless it's in, in terms of some intervention to lower costs, are talking about you get full pay for working the 32-hour week. And so it really shouldn't impact the uh, hourly worker. There are some kinds of issues with labor laws uh, in terms of overtime You've got to be very careful to track the time that people are working. But assuming that they're working on site for those other days, there really shouldn't be any difference. Hmm. So labor laws could complicate this, but there are legislative efforts to move us toward the four-day work week. What do you think of those? Do you see any of them actually becoming law anytime soon? I don't actually see any of them becoming law in the U.S. In some other countries, it's already been made law. I don't really think that we need to legislate it as all businesses need to do this. What we need is a suite of flexibility choices for people. The compressed work week isn't for everybody. Uh, and, and so that's maybe one option, particularly for the people who you can't offer hybrid. Uh, it turned out that we did a study uh, late last year with our labs and just about an equal number of people wanted flexibility in where they work as interested in the uh, four-day work week. So, I mean, it, it was, it's high on the list. Even, as a matter of fact, 74% said they were interested in the compressed work week. Hmm. 
You know, if the four-day work week were to become more common in society, do you have any sense of uh, what impact other parts of our society uh, might have? Like, you know, maybe school schedules, for example. Yeah, one of the the problems I've seen in the past is that uh, you have to buy daycare on a five-day package. Um, and so you're kind of wasting that day. You have to buy, in some places, transit tickets on a five-day basis. So you're, you're sort of losing that benefit. I think that would change pretty quickly if we really went to a, a widespread four-day work week. Uh, but one of the good things that would change, uh, in addition to people being less stressed, is sustainability. You know, if, if you could actually get everybody out of the building on the same day, then you can actually shut down the air conditioning, uh, or at least turn down all of the electricity and uh, actually have an environmental impact. There'd also be the environmental impact of uh, uh, not commuting one day a week. On the flip side, all those entrepreneurs that rely on five days a week of business uh, are going to have their income cut by a fifth if, if everybody goes to a four-day work week and we don't, don't stagger them. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, lowering the overhead cost by not being in the building for a day will, will help offset some of that, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Kate, when we last spoke about changes in the workplace, flexibility was a word that came up over and over again. Workers seem to want increased flexibility and control over their working environment, working lives. Um, there are many pros here, but are you seeing any cons? None, except that it's not for everybody. And so it, I don't think it is the kind of thing we legislate and we say everybody's going to do it. I think that it's the kind of thing like, okay, we're going to offer you this option of a compressed work week or a four-day work week or hybrid or working part-time or staggering your shift hours or having a flexible start or end time. And even within the envelope of the building, organizations are making their, their footprint more flexible. So adding co-working spaces where you can just kind of go sit and be near a number of people uh, or adding uh, places where you can get quiet at work. Uh, recognizing that one of the, the biggest complaints in office buildings is it's too noisy and there's too many distractions. So it's, we've learned a lot during the pandemic of why people didn't like going to the office. And for the companies that want them to come back, they're making those changes to make it more of a destination. We'd love to hear your thoughts on a four-day work week. Give us a call at 619-452-0228. You can leave a message or you can email us at midday at kpbs.org. Coming up, more on the changes people entering the job market now are expecting. They don't want to have to make a choice between earning a living and having a life. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm talking with Kate Lister from Global Workplace Analytics about the concept of a four-day work week. Do you see more benefits um, between a compressed four-day work week versus a f just regular four-day work week? 
I'm going to go back to the problem that I talked about before of trying to cram that 40 hours into the 32 hours. I've tried myself to, to do a four-day work week. And if a client calls and they want to have a standing meeting on Fridays, then I kind of have to do it. Uh, you know, it, it's in my business as a consultant, maybe it's worse because I'm dealing with almost all everybody outside of the organization and I have to please them all. But even within, you know, if not everybody's doing it, you're, you're still going to have that problem of feeling left out, um, worried that you're going to miss out on something, FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose. But I, mean, I think there's more, there's, there's more benefits than there are disadvantages, I think. Yeah. And on that idea of um, sort of redefining work life, earlier this year, we heard a lot about bare minimum Mondays, uh, encouraging people to basically ease into their work week by um, redefining what for many is the toughest day of the week. Uh, What benefits do you see from the minimum Mondays concept? I think any time that you've been away from the office, it just takes some acclimation. It'd be interesting to look at daycare or elementary school children, whether or not the teachers notice anything different on a Monday. But you know, there's times that I feel like oh, oh, I don't, I don't want to work. So I put, I sit down and I, I, I try to work. And sometimes it just doesn't work. And I've learned over my life. Just go with it. I mean, you're not going to make it any better. You're going to sit there. You're going to stare at the screen. You're going to be miserable. <laughs> so just give up and, and you know, go take a nap or, or read a book or something. And I know that's not possible for all employees, but I, I think it's a great idea to ease into things. I think it's also a great idea to ease in after travel. Right. I think it's ridiculous that we, we send people all over the country, all over the world, and then expect them to be right back on our schedule the next day. You know, that, that, that's a real wipeout. And it, it seems like now we're really thinking about the people part of this. Uh, and I think that ought to be on the table as well. Yeah, that is a, a great way to look at it. Um, you know, also, though, Monday isn't everyone's start of the work week. For many people, their work week may start at 2.30 a.m. on a Wednesday or Thursday. Is the concept of minimal Mondays and easing into the week uh, being applied in those situations where people may actually need it the most? Well, I have to say, I haven't really seen it being used in many places, uh, period. Um, even the, the four-day work week that we've been talking about, only 9% of the uh, companies say they offered it before the pandemic. And after the pandemic, that was up to uh, 28%. So it's, it's not a widely used uh, benefit. But I mean, if you could have the concept of flexibility in general, you know, that's really what you're talking about with the ease into, you know, Mm -hmm. let me work on my schedule, you know, great. I have to meet the goals. I understand. I have to be visible for the customers and and a lot of things I have to do, but let me figure out how to do it. I mean, what we want, (laughs) Maslow told us this 50 years ago, 60 years ago, what, what makes us work best is given autonomy to make our own decisions, to do things our own way. Mastery to give us the talent to, to do it, the skills, the, the equipment, and purpose to help us understand wh- why am I doing this? You know, if, if I ask my dog to dance, unless there's a cookie in my hand, he's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we, we're all about cookies. You know, why? What's in it for me? We are. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, here's another one for you. I mean, do you see any of these emerging options um, for more work flexibility happening for those who do shift work, you know, say for the doctor, the nurse, the um, overnight technician? Uh, what do you see happening there? Well, in California, and I'm not sure it was true nationally last year or the year before, uh, there was already some uh, ground broken there by saying that people on shifts had to be notified X hours in advance if there was going to be a change in a shift. Or, you know, maybe it's a retail worker and they're they're only coming in if it's busy. Uh, that they had to have a good deal of notification if that was going to happen. So I think that's that's a real positive thing. Uh, I have seen in companies just by giving people the opportunity to start their shift a few minutes earlier, a few minutes later, it relieves that stress of you're sitting in traffic, you know, there's been an accident somewhere, you didn't get out of the house as quickly this morning because something happened. Uh, and just having that autonomy to, uh, to to not have to fret about it. Okay, if I get there 10 minutes late, I'll work 10 minutes more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, there also seems to be tension, though, between a lot of companies and their employees when it comes to remote work versus in person. Um, what does that ten- Why does that tension exist? Trust. 100%. (laughs) And this has been true since Jack Nillis, right here in California in 1973, invented the terms telework and telecommuting. Uh, And so we called it telework for a very long time. But he observed then that managers were not comfortable with it because they didn't know how to manage by results. You know, they were brought, they were made a manager because they did whatever they did well and they weren't given any training or very little training in how to actually manage, how to, how to be comfortable not seeing the back of somebody's head, because that doesn't tell you anything about whether or not they're working. So yeah, that, that's, that's really number one. I think there's, there's also a whole lot of bias uh, going on. There's this, this proximity bias that it's a natural thing. It's a human thing. You're going to trust, you're going to be closer to the people that are physically close to you. Uh, the we've always done thing this way <laughs> bias. Um, and I think a lot of leaders are older and and really don't want things to change. They want things to go back the other way. Uh, you know, I, I talk about it with clients all the time and I ask why. What is it that you're afraid of? What, why do you want them back? They say productivity. They say culture. They say innovation. Uh, and every one of those things, the science proves wrong that that It improves all of those things if you give people flexibility. And I mean flexibility in the broadest sense. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned biases. And I was wondering, too, you know, um, there were some studies that showed that for people of color, there was a high preference for working remotely. Um, Do you know why that may be? Uh, I've done some study on it myself. It, It points to microaggressions. They don't have to be in the office and uh, suffer the, uh, you know, trying to be somebody, trying to fit in, uh, trying to not be noticed, trying to not be bullied. And it's, it's a real sin, but, uh, you know, they found that by, by working remotely, it uh, alleviated a lot of that. Mm. The four-day work week, I don't think, is, gives you as much on the uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging scale. Uh, we learned when uh, during the the pandemic or when people work remote, there's there's practices that you develop, like in meetings, using polls 
or using the chat to break into the conversation or having a document that you can you can reflect on and respond to after the meeting. Those are all very good things and it it helped us to increase the the brain pool to expand the brain pool to a lot of voices um, like racial minorities uh, like people who speak in different languages like the neurodiverse they all got a, a more equal spot at the table or at least on the screen mm-hmm. during the pandemic and I don't think we really get there with the four-day work week unless I mean why couldn't you have a four-day work week that combines with work from home right <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, so finding a healthy work-life balance, you know, it can be a challenge. So what advice do you have for people who are having a difficult time making it work in their daily lives, uh, maybe while they wait for a four-day work week to come to their own workplace? The pandemic changed a lot of people. Microsoft did a study of 20,000 global employees. And before the pandemic, they would have said that they put their work before their lives. But after the pandemic, more than half uh, said that they're in the future, they're going to put their lives um, ahead of their job. You know, they want to earn a living. They don't want to have to make a choice between earning a living and having a life. Uh, the, other, the other thing is, um, and, and sort of going back on the, the question of what can they do, a lot of it is giving yourself permission. When you've been on that treadmill for a long time, uh, and then you're suddenly, hey, wow, I can be on vacation. And you feel guilty and you don't really know what to do because you don't have as many hobbies as, mm-hmm. as you did when you had more, you know, when you were younger and you, you had more time off. And so it's giving yourself permission and having your employer make sure that you understand you do have permission to take this time off. We want you to sleep longer, to play with your children, to exercise. Uh, and we found during the pandemic that uh, a lot of the surveys pointed to in a four-day work week and in a uh, uh, hybrid workplace, that's exactly what people did with their time. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it seems that during the pandemic, there was really a time of reflection um, that uh, has really pushed this cultural shift um, in many ways, and including the workplace. Absolutely. It just, it just reframed our thinking about what's important. Um, and I, I also think, and I found this in my own life, you don't really r- realize how much stress you're under until the stress stops. And right. then you look back at it and say, wow, did I really commute for two hours a day? Did I really sit in that traffic on I-5 every day? You know, it's like, I didn't, re- it didn't realize it. It's like, you know, the frog in the boiling water. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's supposedly false. but so so very true though i know you know are you seeing any other workplace trends a a lot uh, a lot of companies are thinking about uh, healthier kinds of uh, work practices uh, about training their managers to to recognize stress and what to do about it a lot of employers have made employer resource groups available to deal with stress I mean, five years ago, we wouldn't have been talking about stress in the boardroom or, you know, yoga or uh, stress interventions. That would have been laughed out of the boardroom. But but now we're focusing on it. And I think it's because the employers understand how costly it is, not just in terms of healthcare care and, and mental health, but also in terms of presenteeism, being there, but not really being 
there, not being able to do the full job because you're so stressed out. We're also seeing more healthy buildings, uh, greater attention to uh, air quality, greater attention to uh, lighting uh, and uh, reflective surfaces, which can be stressful, uh, greater attention to noise. You know, they're looking at all those reasons. Why did people want to work from home? Why do they not want to come back to the office? And they're trying to fix those things. Mm. I've been speaking with Kate Lister, president of Global Workplace Analytics. Kate, very enlightening. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to talk to you again. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. KPBS On Demand is supported by Maracal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, Maracal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.